Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping in to tell you about our Patreon page, which as I'm sure you know by now, is a subscription service where you can get extra stuff from Luke and myself, including our Waterloo Road Awards, our reviews of other school-based TV shows, uh, we're finishing my Waterloo Road fan fiction that I started as a teenager, um, we have extended versions of all of our cast member interviews, it's all there for your uh enjoyment on the Patreon via patreon.com slash Waterloo Road pod. And I would like to thank those of you who have already subscribed to the Patreon page. Thank you very much to Becky, to Joe Buckle, to Georgia Leah, who is the avocado bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Mel. Thank you to Lucy. Thank you to Rebecca Grimshaw, to Lou Parsons, to Eve, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS mental health services. Thank you to Matthew Kumar, to Maddie, to Lottie Smith, to Helen, who is at red.head.red on Instagram. Thank you to Tom Percival, to Eliza, who you can find on Instagram at waterlooxroad underscore. Thank you to Joel, to Natalie, who is Natalie the book reader on Instagram. Thank you to Leah, to Claudia Graham, to Emmy. And finally, thank you to Benji Wordsworth. And your plug might be a joke, but I'm going to say it anyway because you've paid your money. He would like to plug manholecovers.co.uk. I'm like Ron Burgundy, I just read what's sent to me. Thank you very much to all of you for subscribing and for supporting us, and if you are listening now and would like to join that list of shout-outs and plug a strange website of your own, unless you're a big manhole enthusiast, Benji, I'm sorry if you are, but if you would like to join the list of shout-outs, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash waterlooroadpod. There will be a new fan fiction episode. It's either up now or it will be up this week. And now, without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am Tom Beasley, your Waterloo Road superfan, joined as always by Luke Stevenson as we continue our journey through the new Waterloo Road. New Waterloo Road. I'm excited. Waterloo Road. Waterloo Road. Fantastic. <laughs> the fact that we've stopped series recording series seven to record all of these means all of those hilarious hijinks where we're getting the series confused with one another aren't happening. <laughs> I thought that would really keep our momentum up. I mean, by the time we go back to recording series seven, which we will be very soon, we're going to have no idea where we were. No. It's going to, but by then, it'll be eight or nine weeks probably since we last watched an episode. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Seasons have changed. <laughs> Prime ministers have probably changed. Yeah, Was it still trust when we were last recording? No, no. But remember that cold snap? <laughs> Unremarked on in the, in the podcast. Unremarked yeah. on. Completely missed that. The heat of summer. Why do we record podcasts when it's 43 degrees <laughs> and we're boiling hot, but we don't record podcasts when it's negative five? It'd be quite good to keep our, you know, keep ourselves warm. Yeah. Right. No. Full, full I'm panic. sweating in my mum's kitchen when it's 43 degrees trying to record on Coventry Wi-Fi. Oh. <laughs> Screw shit. Remember that when you get delusions about leaving South London to go live in Coventry. Um, so the episode begins with uh, like council enforcement officers. At- you know what? Skip the intro. That's what I think. Oh, I've it's bold. A, I've never been a big skip the intro fan, but like... If there's no head turns, why are we bothering? Yeah, why are we bothering? Why are we bothering? I think all shows should have head turns. Yeah, yeah. And I, I skip 100% of the shows, the intros, that don't have head turns. Apart from HBOs, where you're not able to skip the intro. Ooh. It's very frustrating. It's smug, anything. 
Um, so the uh, enforcement officers are at Nikki's like beauty shop where they they live above the shop. Um, I like that Nikki has the influencer big grey sofa. Are you familiar with this phenomenon? Uh, yes. Yes. Ish. There was enough cushions on it for yeah. it to truly be an influencer big grey sofa. But I liked that. I, I hope it was deliberate because I think it's a nice touch. I, see, the only kind of thing like this I see, the only kind of home decoration stuff I see, it's like, it's lots of stitches and double stitches. Mm. But it's like a trend of like, oh, I built my house to be beautiful and then a man moved in and put this there. And there's lots of people, and lots of like people stitching it just going, you made your house grey and white and horrible. So I came in and put a thing of colour in there and you now <laughs> hate them on the internet. <laughs> I like the fact that in the last two episodes, neither of the enforcement officers who have been cast have been paid to speak. <laughs> no. They just mouthlessly walk in. Yeah. Yeah. Big blokes. I like to see their workout regime. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon there's an enforcement officer like workout regime? I hope so. Is it just big? <laughs> so they turn up with Nikki's landlord. Um, they're going to be evicted. Goods to the value of what she owes are going to be taken. Of course, we know she's only ever missed one payment. Yeah. <laughs> Seven days ago, because that's how enforcement officers work in Rochdale. I like that they just silently walk into Preston's room and start taking his stuff and won't even respond to him when he says, you know, what's going on. They they weren't paid to speak. (laughs) They could just say, you know, we're enforcement officers. We've come, you know. They'll get union (laughs) there, won't they? Always good to see a Calax in uh, Preston's bedroom. We love it. We love to see it. There's one in this room. Several in this room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calax everywhere we record this podcast. Yeah, that's it. We've got Calax, we've got Billy's, we're sorted. Yeah. We're sorted. We live in, I live in rented accommodation. Um, I live cheaply. <laughs> we both live within five miles of an IKEA. <laughs> when I bought most of this stuff, I was leaving, living even closer to an IKEA in oh, Southampton. Yeah, Southampton <laughs> you live on top of an IKEA. I can almost see the IKEA. <laughs> So they've been kicked out of the place, uh, but Nikki says to the kids, you know, we're going to have something sorted by the end of the day. Confines of the show. Confines of the show be by three o'clock. They seem to handle this far less hysterically than I would. Mm. Relatively, they seem annoyed, but they seem relatively like they're keeping it in step. I would absolutely lose my mind. This would be one of the worst things that could possibly happen. Yeah. I know it's just stuff, but it's my stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. You have to take those Calax from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> no, they left it to Calax. Oh, there's no value to this. Oh, I would love that if I had to do an ad, ad read for Ikea now. <laughs> yeah. I, do, I, do, I have to pry those Calax from my cold, dead hands. And speaking of Calax... <laughs> the, um, the thing, I guess, just kind of like whoever directed the episode or wrote the episode... Is they go, what things have value? Yes. The bike must have value. Yes. The laptop must have value. Preston's Calax is well adorned yep. with lots of very, very expensive trailers. Yes. I would argue that are more expensive than the bike that he's on. Probably. Especially when there's like eight pairs of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just going, oh no, he's just a kid, so he likes trainers. Yeah. So we, he'll obviously have trainers in his room. The enforcement officers go, these, these are these are money, these are. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Izzy and Dante. Uh, Izzy is angry at the Dante forgetting various things, um, including putting money on her lunch card. Um, yeah, because Dante says he has this inquest hanging over his head. Now, yeah. Dante usually thrives when there's an inquest hanging over his head. <laughs> I didn't say it last week. I'm, no. saying, it, I'm saying it this week. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. We, we won't want you to miss out. Yeah, please. Um, 
So Joe's talking about how they need to like renovate the behavioural unit, which is already very busy, obviously. Yeah. Lyndon says, look, Butlins. Does Lyndon think Butlins is glamorous? <laughs> no. Oh, I love Butlins. Yeah. <laughs> I was about I, to leap to the defence yeah, of Butlins. Yeah. I love Butlins. It's not glamorous. Um, I mean, I think Butlins is one of the best places. Yeah, I know. It's fine. It's not glamorous. <laughs> I think KFC is one of the best places. <laughs> it isn't glamorous. I don't think he's saying it should, it, it's, it's about glamour. It's about fun and comfort. Well, it's not necessarily very comfortable. <laughs> I think it's comfortable. A function room at Butlins looks probably like it would fit a behavioural unit at a secondary school. <laughs> but it's, I think it's a good line, the Butlins line. I think it's quite good. Uh, low-hanging fruit for you. Yeah, it? it is, it is. Um... So we learn uh, in the staff meeting. I like that they've done this in a few of the, they do this in a few of the episodes. Have like an all staff meeting at the start to like set the agenda for the episode. Yeah, but they do that. That's on the old show. Why are you acting like this is new? Yeah, but in the old show, it was always like a senior team meeting, and they'd say precisely one thing to each other and then leave. Uh, or in series seven, where we are now, it's um, Michael. <laughs> yes. yeah. Michael My- is the main character of the show yeah. we are currently watching. He walks into the staff room and goes, right, we've got a new initiative today. Yeah. <laughs> Just says maths English the sciences a few times. No hijinks. <laughs> but we've brought someone with a bulldozer in to do a demonstration to the kids. <laughs> this won't go wrong. Yeah. Next week, Anthrax <laughs> is coming into the school. We hope this goes well and everyone behaves themselves. Yeah. Um, we learn that Jeff the caretaker has retired and Rolf is off meaning there is a vacancy for a, a caretaker at the school. Okay. Um, they spell, on the subtitles, they spell Rolf as Ralph. Yes, they do. Do you reckon why? Yeah. It's annoying. They do it quite often with names. Yeah. They should have got us to do the subtitles. Because Kelly jokes, I said in the first episode, no, it's fine, it's hyphenated. It's not, not in the subtitles, it's not. No, in the fourth episode it is. Because <laughs> the subtitles are going, it's not hyphenated, I look like a fool. Yeah. But now they started hyphenating it. Yeah, I think whoever did the subtitles really struggled with names. They weren't yeah. just given a list of character names, which they should have been. Yeah. Um, As we said, Rolf, can I tell my Rolf Harris story? <laughs> um, <laughs> I said there's a legal klaxon going off somewhere, I can hear it. Or is um, it, it isn't that. Um, um, I suppose you can. <laughs> it is that when I was I was going with my parents to a uh, art gallery, yeah. where they spent a lot of money on uh, two paintings. Yeah, uh, with the logic that they explained to me is that Rolf Harris would die soon, and the value of those paintings would go up. Okay, he did not die. No. Um, <laughs> and, and what happened to the value of the paintings? I don't know. I'll find out in their will. I think. <laughs> So, uh, Amy volunteers herself to be the staff support for Izzy, who is returning to the school, and Coral, the worst person in the world, asks if she's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. What, helping a child? Yeah. <laughs> seems suspect to me. It does. <laughs> seems like something a guilty person would do. <laughs> uh, Grantley does his Grantley thing. Yeah. Um, saying that basketball is netball for posers. I don't disagree with him. <laughs> the fact that secondary schools in this country are now in real life as well as in Waterloo Road often called high schools doesn't sit well with me no what also doesn't sit well with me is basketball being the main sport it's <laughs> I have a feeling because I was trying to figure this out why right because maybe school culture has changed but there isn't a big basketball culture in this country no um, and also the 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 obsession in TV with turning your most 5'8 of 5'8 men into the upcoming basketball star <laughs> yeah. is ridiculous. Preston has no future as a basketball <laughs> player. Um, but I feel like from a filming perspective in TV, it's probably one of the easiest sports to film. I think that's true. And one of the more easier ones to fake 
be yes, good at. It's certainly easier than the sort of main British school sports of like football and rugby, even rug- cricket. Yeah, yeah. Because rugby, there's a lot of contact. That's difficult to like. You you probably need a stunt kind of choreography yeah. kind of thing in that. In this, it is you know you stood you stood apart. It's a no contact sport. You stand, you move it around. It's you bounce it up and down. That can all be kind of taught. And because of how I always say this, about and you fo- don't need a big outdoor space to film it. Yeah, and <laughs> I always say this about football as well. The reason the football looks bad when it's filmed is like in a fiction is because football is so ubiquitous that we know how a, a player kicks a ball. Yeah, and, you- and football always looks a certain way when you watch actual football. Yeah. So whenever someone tries to make it cinematic and makes it look different, like mm-hmm. this isn't football. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, we we watched like Beckham over the Christmas period. I was like, great movie, mm. great movie. I want those players investigating for match fixing because none of that looks like football to me. No. But it's just because they try to teach actors to yeah. kick a football and it's yeah. ridiculous. Um, but yeah, calling it a high school basketball, it feels a bit too American to me. Don't like it. No. Not for me. But there's lots of talk between other teachers and Lyndon about how Preston is ruining his education by focusing on basketball. Um, Grantly is talking about how we should start calling him Neil, really. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about how his homework's late and his grades are poor. Um, uh, but some, but like, how much basketball is he doing? Like, the most we've seen is like lunchtime. It sounds like he's doing quite a lot yeah, well, for the purposes of this episode. So we find out that uh, Kai has still been staying with Danny at the hostel. We saw them in episode one yeah. doing that. Um, and then another guy at the hostel uh, is sort of threatening them, saying, you know, you're not, you're not allowed to have overnight visitors. So I'm going to, I'm going to, Tell the hostel people that this is happening unless you give me your shoes. What size are you? Just tell him you're a six. Yeah. What's he going to do? Check? Yeah. <laughs> Say you're a six, you get a couple of jokes about how you have small feet, and yeah. then you don't, you're wrong with it. Yeah. Um, so Nikki is arriving at school with the kids. She is telling them to keep their situation secret, which is difficult. They've got these massive bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll take all of my work, um, yeah. work belongings through the school. Yeah. Right, oh, I thought it was, I thought it was a uh, non-school uniform yeah. day. Walking so in with one of those bags on a stick over your shoulder. <laughs> uh, I was bringing options. Yeah. Um, so, but she tells Kim that their charity shop donations. She had a heart-to-heart with Kim about her financial struggles literally last week. Yeah, why can't she just tell her about that? Her employer in this situation would definitely understand. Yeah, yeah. She is aware of your struggles. Yeah. I get, but again, I, yeah, I get that it's pride yes. and stuff. But you, like... To an extent, that barrier was crossed last week when they had that heart-to-heart. Yeah, and as well as... I understand well, her not wanting everyone to know. Yeah. Totally get that. If Kim was a single adult employee, I could maybe understand the storyline a bit more. But, and, and, you know, it's very Andrea Ledsom of me, but bear with me. It's very Andrea Ledsom. <laughs> Same with me. Um, as a parent... I was going to say, Andrea Ledsom only has one political yeah, legacy, yeah. and it's that. Yeah. <laughs> There is no pride you wouldn't swallow, so yeah. your children weren't homeless. Yeah. So that's kind of, I find it a bit of a barrier there. Sure, exactly. To understanding yeah. the plot. Totally. Joe has a pair of trainers in his desk drawer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just gives them to children. Yeah. Also, why does he make the, like, do I like or do I dislike the fact that he goes, well, these are an eight and a half, but they run big. And then the shoes are never brought up again. So why would you make it out that the shoes weren't the right size if they just fit him seamlessly for yeah. the day? Is it to add a little bit of like, oh, isn't it coincidence? So, because otherwise we'd be both here going, well, it's a bit of coincidence the Joe's the same shoe size. <laughs> yeah, I well, think it is almost that. The biggest, the biggest coincidence is the fact that he just happens to have a spare <laughs> pair of shoes. <laughs> they spent so much time worrying about the shoe size. <laughs> like, the basic premise. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, what are your cupboards for, shoes? Maybe? Yeah. So they've been fretting about how to tell Danny this news. Um, and they eventually tell him that his, his mom has been found and she's in Birmingham, but she doesn't want contact with him. League, I don't know how any of this sits legally. I don't. I don't know enough about it. I just, I feel like it's, you're not allowed to refuse, because she would be taken to court over that, because she can't, that would be just be a child abandonment, wouldn't it? I think so. Unless, because um, you need, the local authority and the court has to step in with an order to remove the child from your care. Yeah. And which they don't seem to have because they're reaching out to the mother to make. Yeah. Does the fact he's 16, 17 make a difference rather than younger? Possibly. That's the only thing I can think that maybe that makes a difference. Yeah, could be. Because you're like, I know, but you're allowed to leave care from 16, 17, mm. depending on the care setting. Yeah. But I don't, yeah. It's been a while since I did this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking to you because you have some experience in yeah, the area of your own job. Either way, I think <laughs> everyone can look at it and go, Surely there'd be some ramifications for this woman abandoning her child. Yeah. She'd be end up in a TikTok acting montage. Yeah. Um, so it turns out she's still with Vinny, her, her partner that Danny doesn't get on with. Vinny, if anyone hear the name Vinny, you just go, wrong one, don't you? <laughs> There's just no... Have you ever met a good Vinny? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've not met many Vinnies. Yeah. Unless, you know, Vincent Jerome, man who likes our yeah, 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 we should really. <laughs> likes, to go, likes to go as a Vinny. Then he seems to be the best of them. Yeah. But the rest of them, yeah. utter scummers. You've already elected him number one, Vinny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Danny's obviously very upset about this, and Joe and Val try to sort of calm him down and say, you know, it's your mum's issue, not yours. You're, there's nothing wrong with you. There's some shot of some graffiti on a locker, and there's another S. Oh. The S's are everywhere. Maybe it's like one of those things, uh, it's like a glass onion knives out kind of thing. You need to spot these signs. I sort of assumed that the S was very generational to our generation. No, it's a universal. But it's, yeah, it's... It's it's, gonna, it's, it's passed on. Yeah, it existed before us, it exists after us. I've definitely written the S for Scarlet before. Mm. So she'll know. She's seen it. She'll <laughs> carry on the heritage. Graffitied on all of her lockers. <laughs> yeah. She'll carry the heritage. Yeah. So uh, Amy is doing, like, a drama lesson, and she's really, like, laying it on thick with Izzy. Yeah. Is Amy wearing a black parade jacket? <laughs> you see, you've pointed this out. Was it you who pointed this out? Someone pointed this out to me. Was uh, it you? I mean, if you mean right now, then yes. <laughs> no, I mean prior to this moment. No, I don't think so. So in that case, someone else has said it. Okay. <laughs> you speak to other people I think about it, this? I think it came up on Twitter. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I, I don't know, but you're not the first to notice it. So apparently, yes. Okay. It's, it's canon. <laughs> um, she's laying it on really thick with Izzy, like being Izzy's like support network. And I thought mm. that was going to come to something, but it doesn't. No, I think the idea is that what that exists to do is to create this bond with the other girl. A nice little bond, a as nice I little, would say. A nice little bond is because they're going to joke about the fact that she's being treated this way and yeah. then promise them to go and do their, their gambits. Question. Verity. Yeah. Where is she? Where is she? <laughs> I, no, I, I forgot that in the fourth four episode. Like, Where the hell is Verity? <laughs> because... Is he already had a nice little bond? Yeah. <laughs> it was with Verity. It was disappeared. Disappeared. Maybe she was in. Maybe the bag of clothes wasn't a bag of clothes. <laughs> wow. So all these that things. That would be like, a dark turn to that storyline. <laughs> all these things happening in the Linden background that we don't really follow. <laughs> I do also, Classic Waterloo Road, the actress who plays Izzy is a good four years younger than all of the other actors in this class. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely happening. Um, 
Uh, Tonya is immediately telling everyone about the fact they've been evicted. Yeah. Um, Preston is on a housing site. Do we want to talk about some numbers? Yes. <laughs> yes. He's looking for, I believe, I don't know, probably Shepherd's Bush? <laughs> Shaftesbury Avenue? Um, so he's looking at three bed flats. And they range between about 950 per calendar month and 2,500 per calendar month, the ones he's looking at. Okay, should we do this search right now? Okay, let's do it. Uh, Zoom floor or right move? Um, uh, right move. If you want to sponsor the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if Zoopla would like to make us do this search again. <laughs> location. Rochdale. Yeah. Greater Manchester. Within three miles? Sure. Bedrooms. Three. Okay, so I've got a house, £800 per month. Flat, £750 a month. Oh, this house, £995. Wow, the rental market is overwhelming. (laughs) Yes, it is. £750 a month. This is Oldham. This new one is £1,200 a month. Well, I thought we were going to say they overranked this, but no. Turns out, renting is hell. (laughs) I don't know, I don't do it. (laughs) I mean, for context... I pay at the very, very lower end of that range we've just given mm. to live in Greater London. <laughs> Admittedly, a one-bed flat, yeah, yeah. but still. <laughs> uh, Lyndon is telling Preston to sort of get his priorities straight in terms Do of... Do what? Not yet. Oh. Not yet. We'll get there, don't worry. <laughs> it's in both of our notes. We know it's coming. We trailed it last week. It's coming. It's fine. <laughs> Um, tells him to get his priorities straight with exams because he was sort of looking at the, the right move thing during his lesson. Um, and then he sort of, you know, runs off to like a bathroom cubicle and then Danny gets into the next one and he's sort of tearfully trying to call his mum but she's not answering. For some reason, one of these notes, I can't remember the context, but I feel like the child of the week mm-hmm. is poverty. Yeah. Because of that, it's the, for every episode of the show now, the child of the week is just, in general, it's poverty, isn't it? Yes. That's very bleak. Yeah. It, it's true, but it's... <laughs> it's just, you know, the show's taking a bit more of a kind of overall look at, yes. actually, the whole circumstances underpins every single one of these characters' stories and yeah. makes them all a lot more challenging. Totally, yeah. Because even, uh, to jump ahead, next week in Kelly Joe's story, what would be a traditional very child of the week, one and done, is underpinned by this week's story, which is all pressured by the same thing. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. It's almost like they're making it like a real TV show. It's weird. <laughs> Where, where things that happen in one episode affect things that happen in another one. Uh. It's crazy. It is wild. So, yeah, Preston is then, he's talking to uh, Kelly Joe and Sammy. He sort of stood Sammy up a few times with, like, wanting to meet him. Um, Kelly Joe says the eviction thing is all over the school, everyone knows. Um, and then for some reason, he snaps at Sammy, who's the only person who didn't already know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, again, the Waterloo Road water. This hallway, it's like a play, isn't it? It kind of moves in bits and bobs. Yeah. I like it. Maybe we'll do a play. Maybe we'll do a play. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, it's one of those things, again, that because of how soapy the show became, mm. these kind of actual choices remind you that it's a scripted drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just some kind of, yeah, soap slice of the life kind of thing. They're making directorial choices yeah. to try and the, connect and elevate the scene that they're yeah. in. I think part of that, the fact they're making seven episodes instead of 30. Yeah, it really has to help. Yeah, because I guess you're allowed to have a few few go-overs, a single long take like this, where people have to come in yeah, on yeah, different yeah. marks and lines, etc. Yeah. When you have more time to do it. Totally. Um, 
So Dante has come in to ask Wendy, um, the receptionist, about the lunch card situation. Um, and then she sort of reassures him that it's something lots of people struggle with. Preston, meanwhile, has gone to see um, his nan to ask about the living situation. And it's a sticking point because um, Nikki's sister is there and they have a dispute. They have a dispute. Again, it's a, word, a dispute I would probably drop if I was told that my sister and her children weren't able to live anywhere. 100%. It's a very petty... What could this dispute possibly be yeah. that would override the fact that you and your children are going to be homeless? Yeah. That's yeah. like, you know, if it's that big, yeah, make it something like bigger then, yeah. right? Make it, you know, Nikki slept with her husband or whatever. Just do something yeah. insane. Yeah. But no, just go, oh, she called you a bad word. It's like they're relatives. Yeah. So... Uh, Nikki, meanwhile, is also trying to sort the situation out. She's on the phone, and then <laughs> Coral comes into the like kitchen area, and Nikki like finger snaps at her to shut her up. And Coral and Coral does a very good like incredulous yeah, look. Yeah. It's really nice little bit of acting. I liked it. A finger lot. snap is great. Yeah. So she's after some ice because someone's injured themselves, um, and Nikki says, "Oh, you can't. You know, you ha- only kitchen staff can go into the freezer." But she goes into the walk-in freezer. And then Nikki like absentmindedly shuts the door and the handle breaks. What a comedy of errors that is. And at this moment, I turned to one of the half and went, Dante fixes it and he's the new caretaker. Yeah. <laughs> They've just set up that he's in the school. <laughs> yeah, they fridged someone in week one. Yeah, now they, they freezed someone. someone. There we go. It's um when she just goes to the first aid room where they have those like breaking ice packs. Rather than just go to get some crude ice. Yes, crude, crude <laughs> ice. Some neat ice, some raw ice. <laughs> yes, surely any first aid room worth its salt at a school has got ice packs. Yeah. And if all else fails, wet paper towel. Come wet on. paper towel, absolutely. Come on. Have schools forgotten the wet paper towel? Also, last week, she's like, this is why I don't do first aid training. <laughs> yeah, if now she's... she is administering first aid. <laughs> but she's not happy about it. I do you know what? I hope it, there's like a throwaway line. It's like a mystery. It's some, she thought that kid hurt his ankle. <laughs> Turns out two weeks later, they just die of a mysterious uh, illness. So we find out that like, Preston is talking to um, Auntie Debs, who's Nikki's sister. Who um, I thought was a Battersby, Coronation Street, but she's not. She's from Hollyoaks. Okay. There we go. A little journey that I had there. Yeah. Everyone can picture how I went through that. Yeah. Um... And Auntie Deb says, you can all stay um, if Nikki apologises to her for what she said, which was quite sort of a mild incident, called like a sour-faced cow or something. Yeah, something pre-watershed. Yeah, something very pre-watershed. <laughs> so uh, Dante then is now talking to Kim in, in the office. He, uh, he apologises for what he said at the funeral. Um, and then he's really upset about, you know, his what he sees as his shortcomings at the moment. Says, you know, how am I supposed to replace the kid's mum when I'm not even a half-decent dad? Yeah, and again, Kim, someone who doesn't tell people about her son's death a lot. She does not I mean, bring it up a bit. It is specifically relevant in this situation. I know, but still. <laughs> so yeah, Kim is reassuring him about like the process of dealing with grief and says, you know, she's been there. Um, and then he's like, oh, you know, I, I, I need to get my act together. Um, by like, I don't know, getting a job at a school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but then he's leaving and sort of Nikki like, you know, grabs him, says, you know, you look like a man. <laughs> Do you know anything about doors? <laughs> and yeah, and you laughed at me when I said this week one, but Dante describes himself as a... I, I don't know. A handyman. A handyman. He done work as a handyman. A handyman. Which is what all of your wheeler dealer children become. They become handymen. Handymen. 
Hand with hand. So, yes. <laughs> and then, so, I, in the first episode, I dunked on how small Kim's, like, kitchen area thing was. Yeah. It's quite big in this. Yeah. And also, then, and she says... She's called Nikki, not Kim. Oh, for the love of God! <laughs> this is so difficult! Yeah, wherever you go, it's always going to be there. It's... <laughs> Wait three weeks to do that. Yeah. Let me have it. There's just teenage listeners ever ago. What? What? <laughs> what is it? Nikki. Nikki's canteen. Yes. I said it was small. It's not small. And she says, go and open the other canteen. So she got two. Which makes the logic that happens later on really stupid. Why would they not be able to eat because a freezer was closed? Yeah. It doesn't, that doesn't make any doesn't, sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. We want our ice. We want our crude, crude <laughs> <Yes>. ice. <laughs> There's a really dystopian picture of this school that's been served plates of ice. Coral is very keen to not have this random handyman who was walking the halls do the job. Um, she wants the professionals to be called in. Uh, she's, she, she's like, you know, saying she's going to get Nikki sacked. Yeah, because of an accident. Why yeah. is she so horrible? I don't know why she's so horrible. Um, but then Amy comes to help so that Dante can do the apology bit to her as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, really ticking a lot of things off here. Yeah. So Dante manages to get the door open and Amy immediately starts wrapping Coral in tinfoil, which yes, I found very I, funny. I liked that. I generally found that quite funny. Um, to which Coral says, I'm not a bloody baked potato. Um, which, of course, is the moment that Kim walks in to find this <laughs> comedy skit happening. So then Preston is turning up late to basketball. Because he was auditioning for the high school musical. <laughs> Lyndon questions his commitment, despite telling him about sorting out his priorities not an hour ago. Yeah. Your priority should have been basketball. Did I yeah, not make yeah. that clear? If it was, I was revising. Yes. Uh, uh. <laughs> what do I do? So yes, as you said, the, the kids are uh, not haven't got any food for some reason because of the freezer being closed. Um, surely a freezer closing just before lunch. Yeah. It was still in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. If if maybe they locked Coral in the microwave. <laughs> Then maybe this thing would be justified, but I don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So yeah, Dante's talking about. Oh, you know, it was nice to feel useful again. Um, almost as if he's about to take up a job. Yeah. Um. So, Danny and Preston are arguing on the basketball court. To which Lyndon says, "Get your head in the game." <laughs> Not only are the writers of this <laughs> podcast listeners, they're Patreon subscribers. <laughs> from our high school musical special last Christmas yeah <laughs> I couldn't believe it they know what they're doing that is a definite reference absolutely a definite reference and but do you know what's even more because you talk about the Americanization. yeah he tells Preston go cool off in the showers I was like <laughs> I knew you'd have something to say if, about this if Preston is about to fly over to America then yeah maybe he can call off in the shower but that doesn't happen it, am, I not go, am I going insane these things don't happen in this country he says it really American as well because he says hit the showers yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like no he isn't being waterboarded yeah, he's, he's not drunk because he's an alcoholic yeah. again for our new listeners journey back <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah that needs context <laughs> in, in the original Waterloo Roads Teachers only ever used the showers when a child or an adult was drunk and they needed to waterboard them for reasons. <laughs> but yeah, just kids just don't use the showers at school. No. It's not a thing. No, it isn't. It isn't. Preston and Sis can do some laps. Those aren't laps. No, they're not laps. They're shuttle runs. Preston's an idiot. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Kai and Danny then are like, oh, you know, 
be a bit easier on you because we know about the eviction. But then Preston's all aggressive about, you know, you don't understand the pressure of being me. Um, and then Lyndon sees this happening, takes Preston to Kim. Uh, Preston promises to, promises to apologise. And then Lyndon's talking to Kim about how Preston reminds me of myself. Yeah. Because I don't know why he's male. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Interested in basketball. Yeah. That's about it. Because yeah, he was to say the same about Daryl last week. Yeah. Really? So then they engage in some, uh, Kim and Lyndon engage in some light flirting. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I just, maybe it's just because they go, if we put two hot people together, it's going to work. But like, Miss King's a science teacher, and even that isn't magic- magicking up the chemistry the show believes no. exists here, does it? No, it isn't. Um, It's very Avril Lavigne, isn't it? <laughs> in what sense? She was a girl. Okay. He right. was a boy. Can I yes. make it any more obvious? Any more obvious. Yeah, yeah. That, that's literally the, the extent of all of their romantic stories they've ever written is, obviously, look at them. Yeah, <laughs> look at them. They're attractive and they're in close professional proximity. So the, the guy from the hostel shows up. He's been thrown out of the hostel for thieving. Um, he gets Danny by the throat and then Val intervenes and uh, sort of indicates, you know, there's a CCTV camera there. Probably don't murder anyone. <laughs> yeah. And then that is that. Done. Done. Finished. Forever. All good. The end. Uh, and then Izzy and finds Tonya, who's sort of in like a quiet place at the side of the school. And then Tonya mentions uh, that Izzy's mum has died, and Izzy thanks her for saying died rather than using a euphemism about it. Yeah. Um, and then Tonya says, uh, it's not like losing a sock. Tonya then encourages Izzy to skive the next lesson with her because it's history with, with Guthrie. With with Grantley. Guthrie's a very teachery name, I think. It is very teachery. You can imagine history with Guthrie, can't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So um, Preston reveals to his mum that he went to see Auntie Debs, um, which Nikki's very unhappy about. She says, I'd rather sleep on the street. That doesn't, again, there's no situation where you'd allow that to happen. No. Maybe it is all just all talk or whatever, because eventually she does relent. Yeah, yeah, still. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It does feel like it's posturing, but it's not really a situation in which to poster. No. Posture. I don't think. <laughs> to poster? To poster. Look, I'm having, I'm having a bad speaking day, aren't I? That <laughs> much <good>. is clear. <laughs> oh, good. We're, we're, we're in the right profession for yeah. that. <laughs> yes, in which to posture? Posture? Posture. Um, so after this sort of altercation with his mum, Preston is having a panic attack, and then Lyndon... Helps him out, calms down his breathing. Yeah, classic Waterloo Road in the sense that when you are the child of the week, the one teacher who's taken an interest in you that week is everywhere all yeah. at once. Yeah. It's a big school, lots of students, but Lyndon is always 10 yeah. feet within <laughs> Preston's. Yeah, process. probably 1,500 kids at that school. Yeah. So uh, Nikki uh, is then, has been called to Kim's office because of what happened earlier. Um, Nikki launches into like a big rant, and then Wendy comes in to inform them that Tonya has gone AWOL. It turns out they're in a pet shop bagging up mice. <laughs> the, the, the leaps in logic that it takes to get to that point, doesn't it? It's just like, okay, so then they go to a pet shop and what do they do? They steal mice. <laughs> what? Why? Because, oh, the girl thinks that the snake is pretty well fed. Yeah. Now, on your life, do you reckon you'd be able to decide whether a snake was well fed or not? Absolutely not. I look at a snake, I would know whether it been fed a hundred years ago or today. Yeah. That looks like a snake. <laughs> yeah. So Lyndon is then sort of explaining about panic attacks to Preston. And then Preston says, oh, I can usually cope. Um, I have things to do that help when I'm stressed. And then Lyndon sort of says, well, you should go and see a doctor. But he's not going to see a doctor. No, of course he won't. 
Kim says to Nikki, you know, I'm not going to sack you. I just want to help you and help your situation. Um, but then Nikki says, you know, working hard isn't enough at the moment. And Kim says, yeah, that's not your fault. She's good. We're doing good stuff. Yeah, the little Robin Williams impression. Yes. One for the kids, that one. <laughs> so uh, Tonya and Izzy are releasing mice in the park. No one can run a business around here. <laughs> you know what? It did cross my mind. <laughs> And then also what else crossed my mind is no one in a high-vis jacket is allowed to speak in this show. No. The copper does not. The cop, the just, bike copper. The bike copper. Is that a thing? I don't know. I don't know. Um, he just, yeah, just stops and stares in the same way that the uh, removal men just stopped yeah. and stared. Yeah. Maybe it was the same actor. I didn't check. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> different high-vises. <laughs> so having heard about Izzy, Dante comes into the office uh, Nikki offers him a brew and, they, and he's going, oh, you know, it would have been Tonya's idea. Is there a frisson? Dante and Nikki I thought that I thought it's going to be a love interest thing but Kim does offer him an empty mug Kim damn it uh, <laughs> Nikki does empty do- uh, offer Dante an empty we mug we are bad at this job <laughs> <laughs> because he, cause it's quite clear she goes here you need more than me it's just waving it around <laughs> oh thank you for nothing you know maybe that is like that. maybe that is the ultimate acting skill is being able to make an empty cup look like it has something in. Yeah, and both of them failed. Maybe that's it. Like, the, 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 the acting Oscars should just be given to whoever is able to most yeah. convincingly hand an empty I cup. Remember, like, I think, I can't remember who it was, where you used to talk about how Jack Nicholson eats food and acts. Like, it's one of the more, like, <laughs> magical things to watch. He's a great food actor, whereas yeah. a lot of people just go, no, nah, I'm not doing this. Yeah. <laughs> to find out what's going on with, with uh, Kai and Danny, Joe and Val have called in Salma, who is Kai's sister who reveals that um, Kai's parents haven't kicked him out, as he claims. Um, but uh, Kai's saying, you know, I don't feel like th- uh, my parents accept me um, and I feel oppressed. Um, and this, uh, Danny's very angry about this because he is in a genuinely precarious home situation. Yeah, whereas Kai is kind of looking at the excuse of getting away. But we we look at Kai very negatively here. The show wants us to look at Kai negatively. Yeah. Maybe if we'd seen an episode adding a little bit of text to this... Yes. We wouldn't just have to go, oh yeah, Kai's not happy. Yes. It is It is the Achilles heel of the fact we've retained the it must be within the school day structure. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I like the fact that we're sort of talking about privilege a bit. Yeah. Which I think is is interesting. Um, And I also think it's interesting that Val steps in at this point and sort of promises to Danny, oh, we'll find you somewhere. We'll find you somewhere to live. And then when he leaves... Joe criticises Val for making big promises that she doesn't know if she'll be able to keep. Yeah. Which I think is interesting because how many times in this show have we seen teachers do that? Go, oh, I promise I will fix everything for you. And they do because the show's not interested in yeah, the consequences the of not. Yeah. And then, you know, Val turns around and she fixes it. Yeah. <laughs> but at least they're having the conversation. I thought that was worthwhile. Yeah. So at this point, I've, I've noted that uh, Kim says that Izzy and Tanya both need a friend at this point, to which I've just written... Where is Verity? Yes, that was my fault as well. Izzy has a friend. (laughs) Yeah. So Dante asks if Kim is indeed after a new caretaker. He says he could do the job and she's up for it. Despite his lack of caretaker experience. Yeah. He's a handyman. He's a handyman, but not a caretaker. They're different jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But (laughs) as we'll learn throughout the weeks to come, that means he can fix anything. Yes, it does. It does. That is precisely what it means. Air conditioning units, no problem. Don't need specialists for that. We nope. have Dante. We have Dante. He is a handy man. <laughs> um, so uh, they're like leaving the school. Um, uh, Nikki is talking to Tonya. Says, "Rescuing mice? Who do you think you are, David Attenborough?" 
Attenborough known for rescuing mice? No, I don't think so. No. No. I don't think him as, as an animal rescuer. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that was my, my wrinkle. Why yeah. did he ever rescue an animal? And no. He just talks about them. He does, yeah. Yeah, try doing something, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take that, Attenborough. <laughs> Lazy. So, uh, Nikki then says, um, yeah, I've sorted it. We are going to go to Auntie Deb's. I'm going to swallow my pride. So we see Danny, uh, sort of, he's got all his belongings at the school. We see that he has a knife among his belongings. Is that Chekhov's knife? (laughs) Is that important, do you think? Yes, of course it is. (laughs) (laughs) Can't show a knife in a school and it not be important. Yeah. Val decides um, to to take him in. She kind of just makes that decision on the spot. Is that a decision you could do? No, it feels like there's lots of safeguarding. Child, I'm taking you home. There's lots of safeguarding. Again, maybe we... No, okay, because he's a student at the school. Because I was going to say, the fact that he's 16 might get away with it, but I don't think that matters. No. I guess maybe it's like, at this point, they're not going to tell anyone. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it's an ad hoc arrangement that is not official. And then next week, it's all written off in one line. Yes. As if it wouldn't be some kind of question mark about it. Yes. Um... So they arrive at Auntie Deb's and Nikki apologises to her. And then Preston says um, he's off to go and see Samia. And then we see him in the park, uh, stuffing lots of bread into his mouth and then being sick. And then he goes to meet Samia and says everything's under control. You know what? I've watched some horrifying things on TV. But Preston carrying that bag of sick is the grossest thing I've ever seen. It's really horrible. Horrendous. When I was on a, uh, There's something so evocative about like a bag of sick, and you yeah. can see the weight of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the like um, when it was we got a ferry to Ireland, and it was basically it was we we're about to die. It was you know flipping around everywhere, and people were just running around being sick. I remember this kid carrying a bag of sick. And it's like burned <laughs> my brain. A horrendous day out. What's interesting, I thought, is that they don't put a trigger warning on this. No. Which, because I've recently watched all of The Crown, and mm. when they deal with that in that, they yeah. do put a drinking water on it. Yeah. And you kind of think that be the BBC and yeah. a show more oriented towards children would actually make that effort. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. I haven't thought of that. I must say I haven't thought of it. Mm. But now you say it, it does feel like the sort of thing that particularly a youth-orientated show yeah. would put a sort of some sort of warning on. Um, I must admit, I didn't look in the... Because sometimes in the credits, it's like if you've been affected by the issues... Yeah, and I, I confess I didn't look. That's a very when it airs on TV. Mm. It's a very like the sidebar comes yeah, up. Exactly. You've been affected by the issues of this show, cool. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe it will. Yeah, but that's an interesting wrinkle I play. Yeah, things, I, yeah I, absolutely. I hadn't thought of that at all. Yeah. Um, no, that's interesting. I um, do like the fact that it ends on just a lingering shot because this isn't being wrapped up in a day. No. And for by all accounts, it's not been wrapped up for a couple, mm. few weeks, and it's good. Yeah, that it's kind of you know it's actually a building a storyline over time. Yeah, and especially because when stories like this have been done in the show in the past, they're often kid of the week storylines, and so by their nature they have to be wrapped up within yeah. that one day. But there's an understanding, I think, in the show that this issue is really complicated. Yeah, yeah. And so things like you know like the level of stress and anxiety is feeling like the eating disorder are that's they're too difficult to be wrapped up in one episode. Yeah. Um, and I think. It's almost refreshing to see a storyline this big being given to a major character rather than a kid of the week. Yeah, yeah. Because it means that you have to grapple with not only the effect on him, but the effect on other characters. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I. Because that's a thing that they 
never take in when they did the show previously was it was just this one person was having the worst day of their life and all of these issues came up. As and a, then they're gone the next week and no other character ever mentions them again. Yeah, yeah. It's not, oh, wasn't it mad what happened last yeah, week yeah. to such but, and like, such? There'll be long, like, long-term ramifications of how Preston, because of his fear of being found out, you know, and un- unsureness of what's going on, how he acts out around the, the people around him, yeah. that's going to have running consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe with a knife, I don't know. Yeah, Another good episode, <laughs> I think. Yeah. I think better than episode two. Yes, it had stuff to do. In this yes, episode. it has stuff to do, and it feels like they're sort of setting things up that are going to be relevant yes. in the in the coming weeks. Coming weeks, which or is... hours if you're a binge watcher. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, which is good. I think it's good. I like the show. Yeah. Do you like Waterloo Road now? It's on. <laughs> I think I like Waterloo Road. I really enjoyed it. I've watched the whole thing, and I I'm enjoying it. Was there a song that we could use this week? Yes. It was right at the start. It was called Can't Talk Won't by Coach Party. Yeah, I feel like this is, it's not quite Radio 1, this, is it? It's not. It is. Maybe it's like Clara's show on Radio 1, which is like Future Sounds. Maybe. That's why I'm getting mixed on it, because, you know, I'll do the daytime stuff around <laughs> the evening. Maybe. But yeah, no, it, it's, not, it's not an A-list crop of songs, is it? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's an A-list among the 18-year-olds. I mean, Sam Fender, that's, that's pretty A-list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that's, that. yeah. I've heard of him. That's how you can tell. <laughs> But no, so yes, I think it's it's coach party. Yeah. In this Should one. we just make our own next week? Next time trailer. Yeah, do our own next time trailer. <laughs> oh god, there's a knife. <laughs> that's it, that's all we need. Oh god, there's someone's table explodes. I don't know. <laughs> that a reference to the Patreon. I think it might be. <laughs> We're recording a lot of episodes today, I'm not quite sure what's a reference to what. 